everyone, and welcome back to another Magical Wednesday. We are so excited to join you on this very special episode. If you notice by the title, we are interviewing another amazing member of the Wowie Disney team, Sam. She is here, and we are so excited to have her. So I'm going to stop blabbing so you can hear all of her amazing stuff that she does for the podcast. Let's get into it. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Wowie Disney podcast. I'm so excited to introduce an amazing member of our team. As always, I'm joined with my amazing co-host, Kara, over here. You're watching on YouTube. You see her beautiful (laughs) face. My name is Casey, and today, give a big round of applause for a member of our team who is so special to us, Sam. How are you? Hey, guys. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. I know you're probably, like, super busy, but um, we just thank you so much. Guys, we talk all the time. I'm sorry, do what? (laughs) I was just saying thanks for having me. (laughs) Of course, of course. And guys, we talk all the time. Like it is not just Casey and Kara in front of a camera talking to you once a week. Like there's so many hands that touch this project that we've been working on for over a year now, which is so exciting and so fun. So Sam, thank you so much for all you do. And I want to start by saying, um, you know, we all have our own Instagrams, right? That are Disney themed and you have a really special one and I want to really shine a light on that. So tell the listeners where they can follow you on Instagram. And if you're listening right now and do not follow Sam, I need you to stop what you're doing and go follow her right now. But Sam, where can they follow you? So you can find me at DVC Millennial. I'm on Instagram and newly on TikTok. So you can find all my DVC stuff there. Newly on TikTok. Okay, cool. So tell us a little bit about your Instagram page and, you know, your passion behind that. I know that you're really trying to put out like a certain message on your Instagram, which I think is really cool. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I started my Disney Instagram back in May of 2019. I was a very new Disney Vacation Club member. And I think honestly, my friends and family were a little sick of my Disney content. So I made a whole new Disney account to find some other Disney nerds like me. And over the last year, um, especially in quarantine, when everybody needed a new project, I decided to make my Instagram dedicated pretty much entirely to Disney Vacation Club. And what I've done with it is tried to make DVC as approachable as possible because it is this giant real estate document that you sign. I think it's like 100 pages long. And nobody's got the time to sit down and read the thing. So what I try to do is break it down into reels or posts, just short, digestible things. So if people are interested in it, there's just little bits of information they can pick up along the way. I think that's super cool. And I love that. And Kara, wouldn't you agree? Go ahead. It's okay. I was just saying it's super cool because, um, you know, people think that Disney is just like Mickey Mouse and we're all just like taking selfies with Mickey and posting it to our Instagram. And that that's not the case. It's like some people are into Disney fashion and some people are into Disney history and your family. And you're specifically about the Disney vacation club aspect. So we can have niches inside of our own Disney community, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. And I know, Kara, wouldn't you agree, like we've talked about on the podcast before, how like intimidating the Disney Vacation Club looks from like an outsider looking in, like it's so much. So people sometimes are just kind of like, oh, my hands are off because that's a big thing and it's very complicated and I'm not even going to try to understand. But Sam, you're really doing a, you're really giving a cool message. 
being able to break that down into, you know, small segments and help people understand what that is. And it really is fun. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, And it can be a lot of fun to break it down, especially with like all the trending audio, because it's always kind of a challenge for me to figure out, okay, I want to explain how home resorts work and I can use this song and how can I break it down into a 10 second video that kind of explains it, but it's still, I always leave room for people to ask questions and I've done the 30 reels and 30 days challenge twice. And every time I post stuff about DVC, I always get all these DMs from people who are like, I'm so interested in it, but I have so many questions and I don't understand it. And a lot of people join Facebook groups, which are great resources for new members, but they can also be extremely overwhelming because so many people are asking so many different questions. So I think Instagram kind of gives you the opportunity to select what you want to learn about. And I always encourage people in all of my reels just to send me a message if something didn't make sense, because I love talking about it. So (laughs) always available to help that way. Right, right. Well, thank you so much for all that you do. So let's flip the let's flip the switch a little bit. So what do you do for the Why We Disney podcast? Just kind of talk about your role. So I am the social media manager. So I work with Haley and Laurel. And my job is basically to oversee the entire Why We Disney team. So I make the schedule for all our posts, all our stories. I make the graphics and me and Haley kind of tag team when things get posted. Um, So if I have a busy day at work, I know Haley can kind of pick it up and vice versa. And it's been a lot of fun to try to grow this account because for so long I was focused on growing mine. So it's it's like having two like Instagram babies at once. <laughs> um, so it's a lot of fun. And it's a lot of fun for me to get to interact with the listeners because I, I'm a listener for probably since your guys' first episode. Um, I did have to binge listen a little bit. Um, but it's fun for me to get to interact as part of the team now. So I love it. Sure. And I will say that like so much we all know with Disney because Disney makes us buy everything, but like marketing sells. Mm-hmm. And when we were looking for this position, I know Sam was like one of my first choices because her Instagram aesthetics when it comes to her reels are just so nice. And it's just like, it's such a selling point there. And if you guys follow us on anything else, our TikTok, our Pinterest, our Facebook group, like she is the one that's putting out all that content. And if you think just running an Instagram is hard, which it is like just our personal ones, then we have the Why We Disney one. Then we have all these other platforms. So it's just like snaps to Sam for keeping up with all that. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And Sam, I also want to give you a shout out too. So you work with all of us in so many different ways. And I was talking to Laurel the other day and she was like, Sam is so great. Like she's so easy to work with and she's so flexible, like anything that I need or anything that she needs, like she feels comfortable and I feel comfortable. And Laurel was just talking about like such a great partnership that you guys have. So I just want to put light on that too, that you're doing a really great job and we can't seriously like Karen, I can't thank you enough for what you do. Thank you. And you guys have all made me feel so welcome. Like from the first day I started when I got added to the the little group chat that we have on Instagram and like, it's always intimidating to start with like a team that's been so cohesive for a long time, but in the past couple of weeks, it felt like I was always in that group. So thank you guys so much. Of course. 
sweet. Of course, <laughs> of course. So Sam, we ask every single one of our guests this, and it's the reason why Kara and I started this podcast. It's the foundation of of our project just as a whole. But why do you, Disney, why are you so passionate about it? I want to hear kind of like why you started this whole journey. So I get my passion for Disney from my mom. Um, she planned my whole first Disney trip. I was two years old. We went right before Christmas. So that's still my favorite time to go now. And we went every year or twice a year since then. So I've probably been to Disney at least 50 times at this point. And every time, like it never gets old. There's always something new to do. But I wasn't really in the Disney fandom probably until I joined Disney Vacation Club. Um, I mean, we've always had Disney stuff around our house and all our Christmas decorations are Disney, but I wasn't so into the news updates and the merch and most of my merch you can see behind me right now. (laughs) Um, Like I would have never collected these bags until I got like really into the Disney community and really invested in being a part of it, mostly because I made a financial investment in it. So um, now I've become the family's Disney person. So I plan everybody's trips. And if I'm on the trip, I'm like the tour guide for everybody. And I update my family, whether they want to hear it or not, on the latest Disney news, like every night at dinner. <laughs> um, so it's it's been kind of a fun thing to watch, like my mom be the Disney person and kind of pass it on to me. Oh, that's so sweet. It was inherited. It was. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, we all know that you like your niche is DVC and we are going to just so the listeners and watchers know this is about Sam. This is, this is Sam's interview and, and DVC has a lot to do with that, but we are going to have a full blown out episode coming soon. So stay tuned. Um, so while you're listening to this, make sure you're jotting down any questions, things that you might be confused about, things that you want more detail on, because we are going to be collecting all those questions and answering some and saving some for the podcast. So, so make sure that you are writing down all of your questions because we are actually going to have a Google form available and the link in our Instagram bio where you can put your questions and comments and concerns or anything else. And we will make sure to get that for you guys. But we do want to little, do a little mini DVC Disney vacation club segment here. And, um, you know, Sam, some people may not even know what Disney vacation club is. They're like vacation club. Yeah, I'll join. Well, (laughs) uh, it has a lot to do. So like people that may be interested in researching or just finding out some more information, like where do they start? So I always tell people that the first place you should go is Disney Vacation Club's website. They have a really great introductory tab for people who are interested in DVC. Um, And you can also chat with one of their guides on their chat feature. You can do a phone call. Um, So that's a really great place to start. And then another place that I tend to steer people is um, there's a couple of online forms. So if you go on dvcinfo.com, that's where I pretty much started when I became a DVC member and didn't really fully understand how to use my membership. And there's a lot of great members there. They will answer any question you have. There is no such thing as a stupid question. Um, And then a lot of great Disney creators have put out blogs of their experience with Disney Vacation Club. And they're all very short articles, really easy to digest. So if you want a good baseline, if you're just kind of looking into DVC, those are the places that I would start. 
Yeah. Sam, would you describe it as like a timeshare? Would you describe it as that or is it something completely not that? Um, so for legal purposes, it is a timeshare. Um, anytime you see a Disney Vacation Club commercial, there's always that very fine text at the bottom that says this is a solicitation for a timeshare program. Um, but unlike your usual timeshare program where you might buy a week at a certain resort and you always go to that resort that week every single year, you get points. So the easiest way to think of the points is like cash. So every year I get 175 points and I can use those to book at any of the Disney Vacation Club resorts and I can go whenever I want. Um, So with my points, typically I can go three to four times a year and I stay in all different size rooms. So I've stayed in studios, um, which are usually just made for two to four adults. Four adults is kind of pushing it though. Um, One bedrooms, two bedrooms. I haven't booked a three bedroom yet. So hopefully that'll be in my future. Um, But that's like a big family vacation type of thing. Right. That's so much to digest. (laughs) Just looking at DVC and I'm always jealous because there's like exclusive merch for like, in case you're an annual pass holder, there's exclusive merch for them. There's exclusive merch for DVC members. And I'm like, this is the inner circle and I must <laughs> be in it. <laughs> so it's just like, there, there's all these cool opportunities. And um, I mean, for me, when I, cause I didn't really get into the Disney niche until later and people kept saying Disney uh, vacation club. And I was like, yes, I'm vacationing at Disney. I would like to be a part of the club. I wasn't understanding. So it's, it's nice that you explain that it's a timeshare thing. Yeah, Yeah. I was really lucky to have one of my mom's best friends that I've known since I was little. She's been a Disney Vacation Club member since 94. So she was like one of the first people to buy into Boardwalk when that was getting built. So I've experienced DVC like through knowing her. And if I can't find an answer online, like she's the person I ask because she's been in it for so long. Um, But for me, like DVC wasn't so much of a secret, which that was one of their marketing lines like a couple years ago was like, it's Disney's best kept secret because you kind of had to know somebody to know about it. Um, But now it's kind of because of social media and everything, it's just so much more out there than it used to be. Hmm. And how would you explain um, for someone like they're like, oh, maybe I'm not interested, or maybe I am. Um, Just to kind of round out this segment, what would you say for someone looking into it? Is it for everyone? Is it for single ladies? Is it, (laughs) what's it for? Um, Well, I did buy in. (laughs) I did buy in as a single lady. So if you're a single lady or guy or anybody out there and you want to be a DVC member, you absolutely can. You don't have to be someone who's married or has kids or grandkids, um, which is typically the market that they tend to look at. Um, It definitely isn't an investment for everybody, but I always say if you're someone who you know you want to go to Disney World, Disneyland, Alani, um, and they have two beach resorts at Hilton Head and Vero Beach. So if you're someone who wants to go to a Disney property at least once every other year, definitely look into it. If you're someone who you like to stay in moderates most of the time, or even deluxes some of the time, it's definitely a great way to save money on the room part of your vacations. 
Um, And if you're someone who you kind of just prefer staying in bigger rooms, or if you're someone with a big family, or you're a couple traveling with another couple and everybody kind of wants their own space, it's a great way to book those rooms without having to book all separate rooms or just spend a ton of money on a vacation villa. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I want to say too, um, and I know that I know we're going to get, we're going to have a full episode (laughs) on just Disney Vacation Club, but I do kind of want people to know um, the other side because I've, I'm not a DVC member personally, but I have rented DVC points before. So even if you're not a member, you can still like rent DVC points from people and stay at those nicer resorts for a like, what I think is like a better value or a cheaper value. Can you kind of like explain, not completely, obviously, because we're going to do an episode on it, but just kind of that process that even if you're not a member, you can still experience the magic in that way. Yeah, of course. So renting points is great, whether you're on the fence about being a member or maybe it's not for you, but you do want to try the DVC resorts or you do want to try a deluxe resort. So renting, there's a bunch of great companies out there that you can go through, which I will write all my notes down for the DVC episode. Um, But you can either rent points from a member. So you tell them like, okay, this is the kind of room I want. This is how many points it's going to cost. And then that member will book the room for you and you'll pay them whatever the discounted rate you agree upon is. Or if a member like me, like say I make a reservation at Polynesian for the week of Christmas and now all of a sudden I can't go, but I don't want to possibly lose those points. I can rent out that reservation for cash. So I will rent that week out to you and you'll get the room and I will get some money for unfortunately not being able to go to Disney. So everybody kind of wins. <laughs> yeah. For sure. I just think it's a really cool option that people don't know about. Like you should look into it. It's fun. But yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you're someone who wants to stay deluxe, even if you're not looking at becoming a DVC member, but if you just want to stay in a deluxe room for like a moderate price, definitely look into running points because you will save so much money on that room. Absolutely. Well, my mind is already boggled. <laughs> I have a, a, a lot of questions. Can't wait to check out that form and uh, go write some stuff down. But guys, that is just the beginning. We are so happy that Sam is here and to talk about some different stuff. We talked about some things we liked. We're going to talk about some underrated things next. So stay tuned. We are going to take a quick ad break and then we'll be right back. All right, guys, welcome back. We are jumping into a brand new segment and I'm so excited because y'all we are, it's really hard for me to talk about unpopular opinions. And today we're going to do a quick little fun segment about underrated rides. So we're going to go through all the parks and we're going to give our three opinions. This is going to be really fun. Hopefully we don't have any arguments on this segment, but it would be fine if we did. Hey, a lot of us like agree to disagree on some things. So I think it's really fun and I think it's going to be a cool segment. So I want to start with our guest. I want to start with Sam. Uh, I want to know your underrated ride for Magic Kingdom. Disney World. So anyone who knows me will not be surprised by this answer at all. And I think the most underrated and underappreciated attraction is It's a Small World. It is my absolute favorite ride. And it's not 
pure nostalgia. I think it's just a great ride overall. I mean, if you're in Florida, you get to be in the air conditioning for at least 20 minutes. Um, it's nice and dark in there. So you're not like in the blazing sun. So if that's your motivation to go on, then I'm happy with it. Um, but it's such, it's such a capsule of Disney history. Like yeah, that yeah. was a ride that they had at the world's fair that millions of people got to experience. And, um, Mary Blair, who's one of Disney's like most iconic designers, like she designed the whole ride and that whole facade, like you can't be sad and look at the facade of it's a small world. Like it's just impossible. And I know people's thing is the song. Your hang up is the song. Um, But I am a huge fan of the Sherman brothers. And every time I hear that song, like it just makes me so happy because it's so simple, but it's such a great message. Um, And I will admit to listening to the entire ride track in my car on the regular. (laughs) No way. (laughs) Had me up until that. Up until that comment you had. (laughs) So Kara has had a pretty traumatic experience on It's a Small World. Um, I don't know. Do you disagree or agree, Kara? It's a Small World. Is it underrated? I still love the ride for the culture and for the diversity aspect. Um, If you don't know what I'm referring to, Casey's referring to my last trip in July on my 27th birthday, getting stuck on It's a Small World for an hour and getting evacuated off the ride. Oh my God, that is my dream. (laughs) (laughs) Dream. Um, yeah, it was crazy. And no, for everyone listening, they did not, they cut the song like right away. It was like 15 minutes <laughs> and they cut the song because they knew people would complain about it. Um, but yeah, we, we got evacuated off the ride. So it's not that I hate it. I just had a traumatic experience with that, with that ride. So I do, I think it's underappreciated because people hate the song. Yeah. I would agree. I would agree. I think it's a cute ride. I actually like to do it. Um, if it's a long line, I don't I don't always do it every trip, but it's one of those things. Like if it's a short line, I'm always down to do it. It's a small role. All right, Kara, I want to know your underrated ride for Magic Kingdom. Um, well, there's still the discrepancy if this is a ride or an attraction, but uh, <laughs> the thing that I chose is Carousel of Progress. Yeah. Whether you want to call it a ride or attraction, it's still the most performed show to my belief ever. Like more than any Broadway, more than anything, because it is on that constant rotation. You go through, I believe, four different time periods. Um, it's just, it's just awesome. If you don't know what Kelly's style of progress is, it is a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. And uh, it is our characters going through the different time periods of life and like seeing how we progress uh, and evolutionize through technology and through all this stuff. You start and there's like no electricity, there's you know no refrigerator or stuff like that. And then we get to these VR games and the oven that you can talk to that lights on fire and so it's just it's crazy to even see Disney like that like recently we're well we are celebrating its 50th anniversary and just think 50 years ago at the rides and how they were and what the costumes look like and what the castle looks like to what it is now it's just this evolution of time I just think it's so cool Yeah, I agree. I think it's definitely an underrated one. And it just truly shows how the American family has just evolved over time. I just think it's cool. Sam, do you agree, disagree? 
Carousel progress, underrated. Do you love it? <laughs> I I do love it. And I, every person who's going to Disney for like your first time, or if you're someone who doesn't go often, like do make time for the carousel progress. Because like Kara said, it's so much about like Disney's love of history and like how we've evolved through technology. And that was always his thing, like how we can make things better with technology. And that song will get stuck in your head like all day, but it's so like happy. <laughs> um, so yeah, definitely make the time for it. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. For sure. Sure. We see you're next. I'm next. Okay. So my underrated ride at the Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World is the Mad Tea Party. I love the teacups and it's one of those, like it's opening day attraction in Disneyland in 1955. Like I, it's just, it's, it's, it just has Walt written all over it. And even though when I get it on, when I get on it, sometimes now I don't spin it really fast and make myself sick. I just kind of sit on it and it's just really fun. And I think it's underrated. I think people look over it and they're like, Oh, it's just the teacups. And I'm like the teacups we have to ride. So that's mine. I don't know. Y'all agree. What do you think? Um, oh my gosh, that's hard. I don't agree or disagree. I just think it's a classic ride that like, you need to go on at least once. You have to. Yeah. Sam, what do you think? I agree because I love any type of ride that you just giggle the whole time. Like you giggle like a little kid. Um, so every time that I go on it with my sister, who's 17, she is still trying to spin it as fast as she can. Um, and she'll always want to do it at the worst time of day, like Ugh. right after we've like eaten a snack or something. And she'll just like go just hard on spinning it. And as I inch closer to 30, I find that getting off the teacups is a lot more difficult than it used to be. Um, but it's still <laughs> fun. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. But- I do- wonder um I think I've said this on a previous episode but that I've I've been told that the the teacup ride at Disneyland is just better than the one at Disney World and it's because it's outside rather than ours that's under the roof so I I want to hear from our west coast friends if you've been on both which one do you prefer Yeah, that'd be something interesting. All right, well, let's move on to our beloved Hollywood studios. Okay, so Kara, I'll start with you this time. What's your underrated ride in Hollywood studios? Shoot 'em up Toy Story (laughs) (laughs) Mania. It's the shoot 'em up game. Um, It is Brandon and I's number one like competition ride. We go way too hard on it. We are literally sore, like in pain after this ride, but it's literally so much fun. And I like it because um, I don't know how you guys feel with like Tron and Remy and um, Rise of the Resistance, but I'm I'm getting this universal vibe from Disney. Yeah. Everything's becoming like this screen and electronic and blah, blah, blah. But like that is literally so different than everything else at Disney. And I, I, I just appreciate the interactiveness. And I know Web Slingers over at DCA is somewhat similar, um, yeah. because of, like this pulling motion, but it's, it's Toy Story. It's a classic and it's a different ride than like a roller coaster or a dock ride. So I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I definitely get some universal vibes when I ride it for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sam, what do you think? I, I agree with you because it's such a repeatable ride. Like you're never going to get the same experience twice. Like, yeah, you're going to play the same games, but you might beat the person in your car or you might not do so great one round. But with rides, like, 
especially the ones that we're getting that are a lot more technology and screen based, like Rise of the Resistance and Remy's and all that. Like it's they're kind of like you go on them in a couple times and you know what to expect. But with this one, you just it could always be different. So I always love that in a ride. Yeah, I agree. I love that ride. It's a must do for me. It's not underrated for me because I absolutely love it. (laughs) All right, Sam, uh, Sam, what's your uh, underrated ride in Hollywood Studios? So this comes from a time when I was a big old Star Wars nerd as a kid. So I think Star Tours is so underrated. And I think especially since Galaxy's Edge was completed, people like walk right on by Star Tours, like, because it was a ride that was built like 80s, early 90s. It might not be as, you know, technologically cool as maybe Smuggler's Run or Rise, but it's just that classic Disney dark ride simulator. Like it's just, it's so cool. And now that they've changed it to, you get a different scene every time. Like it makes you want to ride it again to see which scenes you get. And try as I might, I have never been picked as the rebel spy. And it is like my goal in life (laughs) to be the rebel spy just one time. Me either. I've never been picked. Kara, have you been picked? I want to say yes, but that ride makes me, and this is why I can't really give my opinion on it. It makes me so sick. Sick. I take bone I take all the medicine, but it just makes me so sick. And I, I go on it because I know people like it, but, uh, yeah. 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 It's like that ride that you do. And then you definitely need a break after my, my husband is the same way when we ride it. He's like, I can't, I can't do this ride. So yeah. (laughs) And Thanks. it just bothers me now that it's not in Galaxy's Edge. Like, oh, I'm, I, know. I know it's like the slight OCD that I have. It's like, I really just needed to like either switch with Muppet Vision or just like it needs to just go it, because it's all out of order now. And it really bothers me. But I was so sorry. <laughs> I, had, I had this whole like blue sky imagineering thing when they were building Galaxy's Edge. I'm like, OK, they have to tie Star Tours into it somehow but like I also didn't want to completely bulldoze the Muppets because I do love that show as well so it's like well maybe they'll make the exit of Star Tours like you go into Galaxy's Edge so it's like cohesive and you're not like walking back out into the street and then okay where's all the Star Wars but eh, maybe someone will listen to this and like incorporate that (laughs) (laughs) and what about what's yours So I cheated a little bit. I did not do a ride, but I do think that this is underrated. So the Walt Disney presents um, right here. uh, Oh gosh, what? It's like right outside of Toy Story Land, but you walk, it's a walkthrough, very simple, very short, but you just kind of learn about the life of Walt Disney and how he started out homeless and like all of these beautiful drawings that he has done and his vision for Epcot and for Disney world. It's just, he, for the short life that he had, he just had so many ideas and he was just so before his time. And I love walking through that. And I think it's underrated. I think people walk by it. Do you not think people walk by this? I legitimately did the first time I went, like we didn't know what it was. And so we just, we're like, yeah, okay. And then I think someone posted about it and I was like, we need to make sure next time we go, this was my mother and I, that we go. And I a hundred percent agree. I think that anyone that has not taken the time to go through that, especially all of us, like Disney, like, you know, interesting fact lovers and history lovers, um, just go through and, and look at that. That's really cute. 
Yeah, I definitely walked by it Mm -hmm. quite a few times when going to Disney. I think the first time we ended up in it, I was probably like a preteen and we were trying to get out of the rain and it was just like a thing to do. And I always, I love the museum so much because like I said, I'm just a big old nerd. And I was like, there's a museum to Walt Disney, like in this park and we've never taken the time to look at it. So now if there's time in my Hollywood Studios day, I always want to just do a quick walkthrough of, of Walt. So mm. people are just like power walking to Slinky Dog or to Galaxy Dead. Like, literally, <laughs> they don't see it. But yeah, take a take a second look at that. Yeah, highly recommend that. All right, so let's move on to Animal Kingdom. And I'm going to do mine first because, again, I cheated. I did another show, okay? <laughs> Sorry, guys. I know it's titled Underrated Rides, but I couldn't help myself. So it's tough to be a bug. I feel like it is the cutest little show. And I just think it's precious. I always loved A Bug's Life growing up. And I don't know why. Yeah, I feel like it's underrated. So that's my one here. Um, I would agree. I think as a kid, it scared me. But that was what I remembered. Like, I specifically remembered that and meeting Ariel. And so now when I do it as an adult, I'm like, oh yeah, it like got me in the back. But it as an adult, mm, it's cool that it's in the tree, but I, I, I need like a PG-13 version. Like I need something a little bit more for, for us older folk. Right. And I was going to say, if you've ever been in there with like a five, six year old child who is like terrified, it's like, oh gosh, I'm so sorry, but it's great. <laughs> what about you sam for animal kingdom um so i'll just say on a bug's life real quick i'm still terrified of it as an adult i i will do it i will do it um i don't like being in the dark and i don't like bugs and whenever they do the hornet thing where they start to sting you i will lean up on the chair because i'm not I'm not doing it. And then when the bugs exit the theater before you, nope, my butt is off the seat. I'm not, I'm not doing it. (laughs) (laughs) It's so cute. I love it. I love it. Do what? No, I was saying what's Sam's ride. Oh yeah. What's Sam's ride, Sam? (laughs) Um, So mine is Kilimanjaro Safari. I know A lot of people do have this on their list because it is Animal Kingdom and it is like an animal park. But I think a lot of people don't really appreciate it for the experience that it is. I mean, you get to get up close and like up close and personal with so many of these animals. Like I've had a giraffe like stick its head in the vehicle. Like that is so cool. And it's a different ride every time you go on it. Like if you go right after it rains, it's a little cooler. So the animals are more active. Or if you go at night, you get to see like the lions waking up. And I think people are in such a rush to get to Pandora and go on Flight of Passage that they don't really appreciate the safari for what it is. Yeah, I agree. I think every single ride is different. And I think, um, the one time I wrote it, it was right before close at Animal Kingdom and the lions were roaring like so loud. And I thought it was the coolest experience, something I've never seen before. It's yeah, I think it I think it is a little underrated. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that this is a good one. I think that the whole purpose of it, right, is is safari. The whole purpose of Animal Kingdom is safari is, you know, right. being with animals and, and appreciating it. So I think if people really remember that they would appreciate it more. 
<laughs> Kara, do you have one for animal? Well, Casey, everyone's going to be like, Kara's going to say dinosaur, but I'm not. Um, I don't think there is an underrated ride in Animal Kingdom other than dinosaur because I just need more rides there. I really yeah. do. There's I way agree. too many, there's way too many um, animals in the Disney community and the Disney franchise for us not to have more rides in that place. And I just need more rides or something there, or at least finding Nemo to come back. I need something more in that park. Yeah. So it, it spreads out <laughs> the other parks um, because people think that animal kingdom is a half day park. And I really don't think it is. If you, uh, if you interact with everything that it has to offer, and so if they just get one or two more rides, I think it'd be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you there. We need more rides at Animal for sure. All right, guys. And last but certainly not least, we are moving on to Epcot. And Sam, I'm going to do you first. So what's your underrated ride at Epcot? So mine is Living with the Land. Um, I know, again, this is one that a lot of people skip because they just want to get on Soarin' and they're in the same building. But Living with the land, I think, embodies so much of what Epcot is meant to be. Like, it's a little bit of education, a little bit of entertainment. In the 90s, it had this, like, really great song, which I will not sing for you now because everyone would unsubscribe from this show. Um, (laughs) But it's called Tiny Little Seed. Look it up on YouTube. It's such a good song. But I think it's really important to have rides like that and kind of shows and attractions like it because it shows us so much of like how we impact the world that we live in and how we could maybe do things a little bit better to make a more sustainable earth and if you love Christmas they do decorate it for Christmas they have snowmen and everything so it's a different ride every season yeah yeah, I'm gonna um, I, I'm gonna push mine in with yours because I also said living with the land is underrated, and I'm just a sucker for a good hidden Mickey, y'all. Like I just truly am. I think <laughs> I think it has so many cool hidden Mickeys and new ones I see every time, and I I don't know. I think it's underrated. I think you have to do it. It's slow. It's calm. It's relaxing, and it's educational. If anything else, so uh, and I'm always a sucker for a hidden Mickey. <laughs> Kara, what about you for Epcot? Um, this one I'm going to be as passionate about as I am my dinosaur. Okay. Yes. Three Caballeros in the Mexican Pavilion is so underrated. First of all, I'm going to go off on a tangent. Why is it, why was it not on the fast pass system? Rude. That is just rude. It is the only Disney ride without a fast pass. Um, second, this ride is literally one of the best dark rides on property. In my opinion, like it is just like, what? And it's so cute. And it's Donald. And it literally goes in the restaurant. You can like see the people eating and yeah. it's just this boat ride and it's so cute. And people like forget it because it's never on a ride list. It's inside the pavilion. So you would never know. And I'm just so passionate about it because people want to say that like all these other rides are so great. And I'm like, you didn't even go on it. You wouldn't even know. <laughs> so I, I am, I'm so passionate about it. And just because I think that, um, it is still a learning opportunity for a lot of kids. Um, I'm trying, you know, Brandon and I are trying so hard next year to take our school, our show choir to Disney. And oh. I just want to take them around world showcase and just like show them all the different cultures. We have so many kids from so many countries at our school. And so to be able to give that back to them and like just embrace all of their different cultures too, would be so amazing. And so I just love that ride. 
y'all know I'm about world showcase regardless, but <laughs> it's, it's so nice. Oh, absolutely. I think, yeah, I think it is. I think it's underrated and I think it's adorable. I love Coco and I love Donald. It really brings out like his personality and, you know, a lot of times Donald is overshadowed by Mickey and he has a really fun personality. So I, I love the ride. I think it's great. Uh, Sam, what do you think? Is this a must do for you when you go? It definitely is. And I was one of those people who was like ready with my protest sign when there was a rumor that they were going to like get rid of it and put Coco in. Like, don't get me wrong. Coco is a great movie. Beautiful right, message. Right. Love it. But do not take away Donald from the Mexican pavilion. He has to stay. <laughs> <laughs> you were getting your sign ready to protest. I was ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> you like, what is this girl doing out here marching outside of Mexico? Good Lord. Well, guys, this was so much fun. I think we got everyone right for Epcot. Yes. I want to know you as the listener, what are your underrated rides? Do you agree? Do you disagree with what, what we think? I mean, everyone has their own, uh, everyone has their own opinion and everyone's opinion is important and it needs to be recognized. So follow us on social media, make sure that you are engaging with that. We have know this or that's and things that come up every week that are really fun to do we want to know your opinion so please make sure you follow us on instagram like us on facebook subscribe to our newsletter letter follow us on tiktok good grief we have so many fun things coming in a really cool announcement coming up in the next few weeks so do not miss out on anything with the why we disney podcast i want to thank sam so much for joining us on today's episode you are so much fun and you are such a light to this team and i just i can't thank you enough for what you do if you could say just one thing to our listeners about the why we disney podcast or why they should support us what would you say to them just one quick thing I would say that anyone should listen to this show or just interact with us on social media for the reason that I wanted to work with this team. It is such a fun group of Disney ladies. Like we have so many different fandoms going on with the five of us and like we all like different things. So you will find like your Disney bestie in the group of the five of us for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Sam. Kara, you're always amazing. Thank you for co-hosting with me. You're incredible. Guys, we love you so much. We will see you next week. Thank you once again. We'll see you soon. Bye, everyone. (laughs) 